What's going on, Summit Chasers? Very excited to bring you another episode of the Summit Chasers podcast, this time with a Mr. Marcus Ogden. Very excited for you all to listen to this one. This dude, he is he was in the NFL for six years. He owned businesses, he learned a lot, and he overcame a lot. And his story is it's super inspiring. Um, he has a couple books. He is a four-time best-selling author, keynote speaker, business owner, consultant, coach, all the great things. And we really got to dive into a little bit of where he came from, how he got to be where he was, and the things that he had to overcome in order to get here. And a lot of it's going to be super, super relatable. A lot of times we see these people, we see highlight reels all the time. That's all we see. We go on their YouTube, we go on their Instagram, and if we don't scroll enough, we, we, we don't see the hard work that they had to put in. They don't see the grind that they had to go through. And he really is honest and open about what he had to go through, even just what he had to go through 12 months ago. Going from an apartment to now owning his dream home, has a really cute dog. I got to meet, her, meet him uh, before the podcast, and he's, he's doing amazing. And it's so good to see somebody who is, who has the highlight reel, but is also very open, honest, and vulnerable with where he came from. And we talk a lot about communication, why communication on teams as a leader, as a business owner, manager, whatever, is so important and so impactful to the success of your business. And a lot of times we overlook that. We're so focused on the tactics. We're so focused on the revenue. We're so focused on whatever. But we don't focus on our communication. And if our communication as leaders, as visionaries, is not on point, is not, it doesn't get the outcome that we want from the people on our team, then that's on us. And it is our fault if things fail. Or it's, a, it's our fault if people do not succeed. It's our fault if we do not succeed. So take a listen. I'm very excited for you to, to listen to this one. All of his links are going to be in the description down low. He has a podcast. He, again, his books. He has websites, keynote speeches, all that kind of good stuff. So please go check him out and enjoy the episode. We'll see you on the next one. So you were, let's, well, let's, let's start at the beginning. Not so humble. Well, no, I guess fairly humble beginnings, but Tell us a little bit about where you, uh, who you are, and where you grew up. So um, I'm from Washington D.C. I grew up in Washington D.C. I went to elementary school, middle school, high school, college, all in D.C. I went to Stevens Elementary School in downtown D.C. Went to St. John's College High School for middle school and high school. Then I was very fortunate; I got a full scholarship to play football for the Howard University Bison in Northwest D.C. Beautiful, man. Who are some, who are some, uh, who do you think was like your biggest positive role model when you were growing up? Oh, without, without my dad. Well, two, I had my dad and I had my maternal grandfather. They were both huge mm. in my life. My dad raised us when our parents divorced and I was eight years old and my dad got full custody of me and my brother, Jonathan Ogden, former NFL athlete, first battle hall of famer. And then our maternal grandparents were huge in our life. Like our grandmother and grandfather, they were always around doing stuff. They were they were huge in our life. That's awesome, man. So what do you think was like the biggest, I mean, one to three takeaways or things that were instilled by you from, from the both of them? Good question. So uh, there's three big things, man. Number one is respect women. Number two is uh, respect ourselves. And number three is education over sports. So learn that from a young age, uh, you know, growing up. And I always believed that even like I see when I got divorced, right? I mean, you know, it wasn't pretty, but, you know, to the best of my ability, I always respect my ex and do the best I can, you know, in that situation. I always respect myself. You know, I was struggling with some issues last year, even about, about a year ago at this time, I was in a deep, dark place. Christmas is, you know, 
Christmas was not, you know, good for me last year. I didn't have a tree. I didn't have anything. I was just struggling mentally, all kinds of issues. And now I'm back, but I always respected myself in that regard, you know what I mean, going forward. And then without education, you know, right, Zach, I'm not where I am today as a speaker, a coach, consultant, podcaster, because the education was a huge part of me moving my life forward. That's amazing, man. So just a year ago at Christmas, you were in a completely different spot than you are now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so I, I, so I filed for divorce July of 2022, found some things out in my marriage that I was not really going to accept. Mm-hmm. And then I filed and I was forced to move out after we had our first mediation in November of 2022. So I moved into my new apartment November 15th, which was actually my birthday, 2022. And it was a struggle. I mean, I had my my daughter for Thanksgiving, but my oldest was in college and she didn't even come home. And then for Christmas, I didn't have her on Christmas Eve. I only had, I didn't have her for Christmas morning. I did go to her, my ex's house on Christmas morning. And then I took her and then I had her at my apartment. But you know, Zach, to be totally honest, man, like I hated living in that apartment. I mean, I hate it. It made me feel like a fraud, make me feel like a phony. I tell people all the time, three things hold people back from being successful. Fear, self-doubt, and or imposter syndrome. And I was suffering from a massive case of imposter syndrome last year because I'm like, well, how am I supposed to be coaching people, helping people? And I'm in this apartment. It's dark. It's dingy. It's furnished with old furniture. My refrigerator is black and this outdated my kitchen is small i don't have anything that's good for me i mean like how am i supposed to like coach anybody how am i supposed to lead anybody and so literally this time last year i was really in a real bad place i had my daughter at this time because i had it for the second half of the christmas break but even then man i did a lot of going out I did a tremendous amount of drinking. I did a tremendous amount of, you know, like, you know, different women just just, just looking for affection all the wrong places mm-hmm. because I was just like so mad. I was so frustrated. I was so like, how did I get here? Like, how did this happen? And so if you're listening to this, man, you know, what a difference a year can make. Because again, I made the decision mid-January of this year to get my life on track. I worked hard, I leaned into our podcast, and I really delved into what we're up to, what we're doing now, and it really allowed me to help a lot more people, it allowed me to be much more financially sound, and then I was able to buy my dream home six months ahead of schedule. So I was going to try to have a home by November 15th of 2023, bought my dream home May 15th of 2023. And now I have a house where my daughter is can come and she has her own room, her playroom. My stepdaughter's in town uh, for the Christmas break. She's actually going to be babysitting my daughter tonight so I can go out and play poker. That's one of my big things. Yeah. Now I'm, you know, she came up for Christmas yesterday. So that was good, you know, getting back into that routine. But if you're listening and you're going through hard times, let me tell you, I have to say it, 12 months ago, I was literally... Uh, in this, the one of the worst places of my life. And I was like, how in the hell am I going to get out of here? So, that, and that's, that's so powerful, first of all, and congratulations. I know that you're not done. I know the mentality that you, you probably have. I'm sure that we say, we share a lot of it, but man, congratulations. And for, for the people listening, cause there's so many people 
out there in whether it's in business or sports or life in general or whatever it is that and i love those three things that you said i don't love them but they're so true the fear doubt and imposter syndrome and in business there's a lot of business owners that have that same same type of feeling right i don't have an mba i i never i didn't have a you know family business you know to run to learn all these the ins and outs growing up so that they, they they suffer with a lot of that. So where do you where would you suggest that they start? You they're 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 where you were, similar to where you were twelve months ago, right? Where do you where do they start to get out of that? Because sometimes that's the hardest part is just to start. All right. So there's four B's to get to the fifth B, which is victory. Okay. But if you're listening, the first place to start is the first of the four B's. You have to visualize what you want. You don't have to have an MBA. You don't have to have a college you know, degree. You know, Does that stuff help? Sure it does. Sure it does. It helps you with feeling more confident. Uh, some people love it on paper. You know, It can help you, but it doesn't mean you can't have what you want in life without that stuff, right? You can have it, but you've got to visualize what it is that you want for yourself. Like I tell everybody, man, you know, the first thing that you have to do, your mind has to believe it and has to see it and has to focus on it. If you don't do those things, then what happens is your mind starts to doubt yourself and starts to think about, well, what haven't you done? What are you not doing? What are I always thought this with every client that I coach, right? Mm -hmm. Number one, what are your three biggest strengths? Tell me that. Then number two, what do you want to improve on over the next six or 12 months? Tell me that. That is set up on point because it is exactly what I am going to do with you. But if you don't tell me what your positives are, then it's going to be hard to feel confident that you can move into what you want to be a better speaker, grow a podcast, monetize a podcast. You name it. I mean, again, this is, this is the day after Christmas, and I'm sitting here at 10 o'clock doing a podcast because that's the type of work ethic that I have, right? I mean, that's the type, you know, that's what I do. I was working briefly yesterday on Christmas because I had my daughter until noon, and then my ex got her. So her mom got her. So now I worked on some things yesterday on Christmas, and then I just took the afternoon off. But again, I tell people if I didn't visualize, Again, did I know what the house was going to look like? No. Did I know where it was going to be? Absolutely not. Did I know I was going to buy brand new? I wanted to, but I didn't know if it was going to work out. I mean, you know, man, but like I bought a half million dollar house by myself six months ahead of schedule with no W-2, no real W-2. I'm an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. but no real W-2. So I they had to go through my profit and loss statement, my books, my bank account, I mean, like literally, mm -hmm. it was one of the most extensive periods of my life trying to buy this lovely home that I have. But if you're listening, right, you can also do it, but you have to visualize and you have to believe it first things first. I love that. And they, and a lot of people get stuck at that point because they think, and I love the point that you made, you didn't know what the house was going to look like. You didn't know <laughs> what exactly you were going to be doing on a day-to-day -day basis, but you knew how it was going to feel. You knew what type of life you were going to live and you visualize that. And this is, and this is absolutely some of the best advice that you could get. Cause this is a guy who was six, six years in the NFL, five or six years. Six years. NFL. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you got out of that, you started a business. 
right? Mm -hmm. And then the learning lessons that came from that, right? And then down and mm -hmm. out and then to come back and be who he is today. I mean, this is this is the type of stuff. This is the type of person you want to listen to when it comes to overcoming, when it comes to pushing through, when it comes to achieving, uh, visualizing and, and being able to achieve that, even though you're, you're, you know, you're discrediting your past experience or discrediting your, your skill set, right? So talk, talk to us a little bit about, about that. So you, you went from six, six years in NFL, you played for the Titans, Bills, Ravens, and the Jaguars, correct? Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you started a business, a construction business. Mm -hmm. So th th those are two, those are those two events, we'll say there's the ability to learn a lot of life lessons in there. So what did you take away from six years in NFL starting a business? Right. And then you, I'll, I'll let you tell everybody kind of how that went. And then to using that to do what you're doing now. So the NFL taught me a lot about discipline, taught me a lot about focus, taught me a lot about how to bounce back, but also as a former offensive lineman, how to work with the team. Cause if five guys, sometimes six of the tight end, we have to work together in order to make lanes for the running back, give the quarterback time to throw the ball. So it's a team sport. And then when I got into construction, I got a business partner and I was very humble in the beginning, very appreciative, very much just um, all about, you know, other people. I was all about our clients. I was all about value and we were killing it. And we became the largest African-American-owned subcontracting company uh -huh. in the area of site work. And also did a lot of real estate in the Baltimore City and state of Maryland area for two years. And we were just dominant. We worked for all the major GCs, developers, anything in town that needed minority work for site work, we were always getting it. But unfortunately, like I tell people, the success that I had came at a price of me not knowing how to handle it. And I got real arrogant. I got real ego driven. I got real focused on self and just money, women, fame, nightlife. And unfortunately, Zach, I ended up making some really bad mistakes business-wise. I pushed away my best employees because I was just so self-centered, created a super toxic work environment. And I ended up losing everything, everything in 2013 because of my attitude, my ego, my bravado. And I ended up going into a deep, dark depression after filing a chapter seven bankruptcy, home foreclosed on, both cars repossessed in the same day, moved to Raleigh with only $400 to my name. And I had to start over from complete rock bottom as a result of my ego and not being a very humble, appreciative individual. So out of that, so first of all, thank you for being so honest with that. Not a lot of people would, would be honest about that type of stuff. What having gone through that, what would you say now? Now that you're working with with other businesses and business owners and executives and all this kind of stuff, what would you say is the biggest? If you, if you had to put down one or two big learning lessons that you take from that and you give it to them, what would what would those be? Main the main lesson as a business leader, business owner, anyone that leads and or serves and leads people. The minute you stop listening to your employees or the people that you're leading, it's the minute they're going to stop talking to you. And the minute they stop talking to you and giving you advice, you are losing leverage in your business 
as a result of that, you will end up hitting rock bottom and losing it all. Or worse yet, you'll end up in business and you'll just always do just enough to get by. And by the time you realize that you couldn't get to the level of success and prosperity because of your ego, it's going to really push you into a bad spot. So if you're listening to this great episode, never, ever stop actively listening to people as a business owner and or business leader. 100%. I couldn't agree with that more. Communications are one of our biggest assets. It should be one of our highest skill. I always say like if we're, if you ever played video games and we have, you know, like the skill bars, right? And you're like trying to develop mm -hmm. your character. If you're a leader, your communication skill, that, that should be one that's always on top, right? Because that's mm -hmm. how you listen. Uh, it's how you get the best out of people. It's how you get a point across. It's how you, it's how you create outcomes. Right. Mm -hmm. So let, let's say, let's say you're somebody who, you know, identifies or maybe doesn't even know if they're a great communicator. What do you think is a good place for them? Or where do you think is a good place for them to start? Honestly, you need to talk to the team that you're working with, right? Ask them, how am I at listening to you and your thoughts and your ideas and your innovative strategies and what you think makes sense and what you think is going to work, right? You have to involve your team. You have to involve your people. Otherwise, how are you going to know how they feel? So if you're listening, be sure to get recon and ask people that you're leading, that you're serving, what they think about what you're doing and get their honest opinion and then that will start to lead you down the path of becoming a better leader, a better listener, and a better communicator that your team actually wants to talk to and or work with. So what would you, and I 100% agree with that, and that, that candid conversation, it should happen. Uh, I always say like some of the best, the best attribute a team can have is the ability to have a constructive conflict, to have those kind of conversations, right? So let's say... And a lot of leaders, that's going to be tough for them because I don't know if they're going to like the answer. <laughs> they're they're not going to like it. So I think their ego, so to your point before, put ego aside, you you have to be able to take those hits or else you're not you're just not going to make it. Like you said, you, you risk losing everything. Mm -hmm. So for, for those that that fear that, so what what in what type of in what type of um I guess uh like, would you do it in a meeting? Would you bring all your leadership team in and have it just with them? Would you address the entire company? How would you, how would you, again, like tangibly, how would you go about doing that, having that conversation? So I, if I was, uh, people that are listening, I would call a meeting with my senior leaders in the organization. And then at that meeting, let them know what needs to be done. And then involve them in the process of what they think should happen get their input, right? Because here's the thing, you could talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, but the problem with that is, is that one-on-one, -on -one, people aren't going to be able to have dialogue and share ideas that might make sense for the entire organization. So if I were you, I would call a meeting with my senior leaders and then have an open forum dialogue conversation. And then if you're a big enough company from that meeting, have your senior leaders get it down to the mid-level managers, to the managers, then down to the frontline workers, right? And then kind of go there. But if you're listening to this, really and truly be sure 
to get your senior leaders on the same page. Then it goes down to the level managers, then to your managers, and then to your frontline workers. 100%. And I, I ask that because I'm sure that there's a lot of business owners, CEOs, whatever, that would say, okay, I need to have this conversation. Let me let me send out an email. I don't really feel like having this conversation today. Or I'll just pull one person into my office, then I'll let them kind of spread it around the grapevine. No, bring your people into a room, bring your, your senior leaders, bring your most influential people in your company into a room, have that conversation. Because I'm assuming if you're not a great communicator, they are also not great communicators amongst themselves, at least about the right things, right? If you're a bad communicator, they're probably great at communicating how bad of a communicator you are, but not about actually solving company problems and issues and forecasting and over, you know, coming up with ideas and opportunities type of thing. So bringing them in and allowing that, that constructive conflict. I love that. So you, you wrote a book, Sleepless Nights. Is that what it's called? I got that right. I have, uh, so I have, I'm, I'm a co well, I have four books. I have, I've authored two, okay. Sleepless Nights, my first book, and then The mm -hmm. Success Cycle, a second book. And then I'm, I co-authored, I have a chapter in a book called Pivots, Persistence, and Game Changers. And I have another chapter in a book called The Leadership Volume Principles. So all four are bestsellers. So I'm a, technically a four-time best-selling author, but I'm twice best-selling by myself. And then twice when I co-authored a best-selling book. I love it. So, but, but Sleepless Nights was your first one, right? That's the Correct. one that kind of, okay. That was, that was a, that was a pivotal um, part um, of you kind of getting to where you are right now. Was that, that book? Correct. So tell me a little about uh, the, well, first of all, the title, I'm sure that some people can, can relate to the title, but where did the title come from and what was the premise of that book and why did you write it? So the title came from all the sleepless nights I had when I moved from Baltimore to Raleigh, just trying to get anything going. Even when that book got published, I still had not had my first paid speaking job. I had a bunch of free jobs, but never had a paid speaking job until April 2016 the book was published in October 2015, and actually, the book helped us to get our first paid speaking job with Miller Mott College for their 100th commencement graduation keynote speaker. And I remember literally not having enough gas to get down to that job, and I was hoping and praying that they were going to be able to pay me a check where I could deposit it and be able to grab 20 bucks to get gas and get back home. And I had never been paid for a job before. So I didn't know the protocol. I didn't know how to ask. I didn't know what to do. But luckily, after doing my speech, which I look back on, I was really horrible at. I mean, I was just sweating the whole time, stammering. People thought I was great. I thought I was really horrible compared to who I am now. That was eight years ago. I remember that when I sat down after the speech, there was a little uh, bag underneath my chair. I remember there was some little things like a middle of my cup, a shirt, and uh, an envelope with my check in it. So I was like, thank God I can get home. So again, I remember that with the book, really helped to tell the story of what I had gone through between 2000 and, well, actually, really, Caden, 2000. Well, actually, growing up and then football and my construction, but it really talked about losing everything and then coming down here to Raleigh trying to start over and having a bunch of sleepless nights as I was trying to get my life back on track 
due to financial ruin and all those kind of things I had going forward. And I, I brought that up because that, and I don't want to speak for you, but it seemed again, just, just from the research that I had done, that that was a huge pivotal, that was a pivotal decision that you made was the book. Is that what mm -hmm. allowed you to get that first job? That's what allowed you to get the money to get home, to put the gas in your car to get home, and then kind of help you get that kind of flywheel momentum that you have now to, to get to where, to where you are today. So it, sometimes it's just that one, it's that persistence and then that one decision. So it's saying yes to a lot of stuff until you don't have to say yes to a lot of stuff. So from there, you, you, you're doing your speaking. When did you shift from speaking to doing business consulting? I started doing business coaching and consulting in 2018. Okay. And that really started to pick up as a result of our speaking. We made some great partnerships. We got some really great traction and that really helped to elevate us. So we started to get that part of our brand going in 2018. Gotcha. Okay. So what does that look like now? So you're still doing the speaking. Right. And I want to get into how you improved in your speaking because I watched some of your, your keynotes that you have online and you're a very good speaker. So to think to think that you were ever bad and everybody was bad at something once. And then then today we see highlight reels. Right. So it'd be interesting to kind of hear that. So uh, as, as far as your, your consulting and that kind of stuff, what, what does that look like now? So what do you focus on with businesses? What type of businesses or what type of executives? Well, it's a lot of corporate organizations, mm. finance, real estate, insurance, tech. We do once a month Zoom calls with our clients, uh, you know, with groups. So like I've done manufacturing, I've done food service, I've done real estate, I've done, you know, finance based stuff. And we have a group call on Zoom with their team members, uh, again, either senior leaders, mid-level managers, and we're addressing problems in the organization, you know, either culture, marketing and sales, communication, uh, enhancing the organization, all that kind of stuff. So it's been a real big facet for that. And we've been very fortunate to have some great clients there. And then our business coaching is just more one-on-one -on -one with people mm. where it's clients that buy either a six-month package or a 12-month package. And we have weekly calls, half an hour, go over business strategy, mindset enhancement. Some people want to grow a podcast, we want to monetize a podcast, it varies. And so as a result of that, we have different facets, you know, in that regard. Mm -hmm. So a lot of different industries, so yes. manufacturing, finance, real estate. So what, how, how different is it working with, especially in the leadership, like higher level, right? Or you're kind of looking from a 30,000 foot view in some of those, uh, what are some of the differences and what are some of the similarities of working with the different industries at that level? Some similarities are people, a lot of people have problems with communication and culture and enhancing their ability to connect with different people within their organization. And then things that are different are just the lingo, how they talk to clients, how they talk about different things. Uh, some businesses are are young, so it's not it's going to be as much, you know, uh, things of that nature. Some companies are going to be older with more red tape to kind of work through. So it always depends upon, you know, the industry and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it varies in that in that regard. Yeah. And that, that's one of the things I asked that because uh, that's one thing that I noticed, too, working with a lot of different industries is the the big picture problems are usually very similar and that but just the words they use are a little bit different so everyone always mm -hmm. thinks okay i'm our industry is so much different than this but usually like the <laughs> core root like the symptoms are a little bit different right but the core cause of the problems they're usually fairly similar 
right? They're, they're, they're not as different as, as they like to think. I mean, and that's, that's just human nature. We all think that we're innately extremely different in a lot of ways. We are in a lot of ways we're not. So shifting over to your speaking, mm-hmm. you were bad at speaking and now you're really mm-hmm. good at speaking. <laughs> How did you get really good at speaking? Just practice, man. And then I went to two things happened. One, I got mentored by Mel Robbins, who is the top uh, keynote speaker, female, most highly paid in the country, maybe in the world. And she's one of the best of the best, period. I went to her uh, her uh, studio in Boston in 2018, late February, to be interviewed by her to be on her audiobook, Kick Ass with Mel. Meeting her really helped to change my life. And then I ended up going to a program like a week later that year. So March of 2018 through the NFLPA, it's called NAPSA, National Athletic Professional Success Academy. And that really helped to change my ability to, to keynote better, to communicate better, taught me how to use football knowledge and prowess and turn into corporate lingo and corporate dialogue. And so between Mel Robbins and then my coach, Brad Mitchell, who founded NAPSA, he really helped me become a better speaker, communicator, helped me better with, you know, how I I would talk to people, what I put out on social, my interaction, our newsletters, our blogs, how to build the right team. And now here we are. We've already got five speaking jobs set up for 2024. I've got one job with Taylor Moore. Taylor Morrison, who is the fourth largest custom home builder mm-hmm. in the country, doing that job for them on the um, uh, 16th of January. Then I just got booked for Center Space Homes on February 22nd in Minneapolis. So the job for Taylor Morrison is going to be virtual from my table. Then I've got the job for Center Space Homes in person in Minneapolis in February. Then I got to go to Cabo in March for 1,000 mile travel. Then I've got two jobs in April in Des Moines with Farm Bureau Insurance. And the other one was, is going to be um, uh, Midwest Oncology. We're trying to figure out all the logistics for that stuff now. And again, very fortunate that people know our work. We're getting out there more, doing more podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, our podcast is crushing it. And so now people bring us in. And we were actually. Rank, uh, rank the number four out of 10 business speakers, top business speakers in North America. The list had uh, Magic Johnson, one, mm. Kevin O'Leary, two, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, three, had me, our brand, four. We had on the list also Lloyd Grenier from Shark Tank. We had on uh, Duncan Wardell from Disney. Tony Robbins was on the list. And so now we were ranked number four out of the top 10 business speakers in North America, it was on MSN about maybe two weeks ago. So we have that article. So we're reaching out to people, doing outreach, you know, blogs, newsletters, you name it. We're tying in that piece to kind of help show where we were when we started, when nobody took our phone calls and who we were to where we are now as a speaker. And there's some big names on that list. Like you're you're competing with the Gary V's, Alex from Moses, Tony, like you said, Tony Robbins. Like you're competing with some big names. So that's that's amazing. That's amazing, dude. So uh-huh. I, I got out of that. There, there's three three main things. Do more stuff, right? So just do it. Right. You just gotta you, don't be afraid to fail, right? That's part of it. Is find a mentor. 
right? And then give mm-hmm. your past experience credit. Because there's one thing that I love that you said is you you kind of used a lot of what you learned in football and then catered some of that lingo. Because again, it's a lot of it, like the goal is the same. We work as a team and we're trying to get a result. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Business, you work as a team, you're trying to get a result. You're just using different words, right? Mm-hmm. Different words and and you're, you know, dotting different I's and crossing different T's, mm-hmm. really, right? So that's, mm-hmm. I absolutely love that, Marcus. But this is an amazing conversation, dude. You're, you're an amazing dude. I'm, I'm really happy. You're one of the guys I talk to, and I'm like, or even I just find, I'm like, I'm glad you exist because there's so many people that, that need what you say and need what you do and need who you are, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm honored to have you on the show. Um, so I always ask this question to everybody, but what is the next for you, Marcus? What is the next summit that you're chasing right now? We are really working hard with my business partner, Victor Garcia and Dennis Green. Dennis is my podcast production partner. He's amazing. Victor is my business partner out of the San Francisco area. We're creating like an online podcast profit workshop, trying to help people know how to produce a podcast, how to brand it, how to really run it, how to make money off of it, how to scale it. And we've had very great success. We have our first cohort program, uh, two-day intensive in January. We've done two workshops. I think we've had about, we're only going to accept 10 people. I think we already have seven that have signed up. And it's $6,800, which lasts you basically about three months between production with Dennis, then having like a post Facebook group, and then the branding and the, how to make a sensational offer, how to do market research, all these other aspects. And it's been phenomenal for our brand. So we want to get that going because want to help as many people as possible grow a podcast, monetize at the same time. As that grows, it'll help give me my time back to do more, you know, you know more speaking if I want, or uh, and I can be more selective in that regard. I love it. That's amazing. Uh, and then from here, you kind of already did it, but take a minute, whatever you got to plug, whatever you have coming up, um, let everybody know. Yeah, greatest place to find me is we have an app the Marcus Ogden app. So M-A-R-Q-U-E-S-O-G-D-E-N. All you got to do is just go to your Apple or Android to the uh, app store, type in my name, it'll pop straight up. It has great exclusive content there where we're trying to encourage people, getting people inspired and really excited about what they're doing. So go check us out there. You can also go to our link, Marcus.360. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Marcus, excuse me, Marcus. 360.com. So Marcus360.com. We can go check out our blogs, newsletters. You can check out testimonials, our website, you name it. So again, either Marcus360.com or you can just go to our app, Marcus Ogden, and in the app store, any phone, and we'll pop straight up. Beautiful, everybody. Thank you so much for being on the show, Marcus. And obviously, I'll have all that stuff linked below. I probably already said that in the beginning, but I'll link all that stuff below so you can you can find them, make it easy to find them. I highly suggest checking them out, checking out his podcast. What's the name of your podcast again? It is called Get Authentic with Marcus Ogden. We are 18 months old as of December 22nd. We're ranked in the top 1% of the world's most popular podcast. We've secured oh, you know dozens of amazing sponsors. And we're only about two points away from being a top half percent most popular podcast worldwide. Let's get them there. Everybody go there. Obviously, I'll link that again at the bottom there. Go check them out. Marcus, thanks again, brother. Appreciate you having me on, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you for watching this episode of the Summit Chasers podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed, you were inspired, you learned something that you can use to go and chase whatever your next summit may be. 
Be sure to like and comment your takeaways from the episode below. Also, follow us on all social media platforms under Summit Chasers Network. And if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to turn on your notifications so you can be notified when we drop new content like how-to videos, business best practices, motivation, and personal development strategies. And until next time, keep chasing your summit. I'll see you on the next one.